welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking, together we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.atlanticbay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSconsumeraccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. Welcome back to another episode of Lending Forward. Today's guest is none other than Tim Davis. Welcome, Tim. We're so excited to have you on Lending Forward. Oh my gosh, I am excited to be here. So let's get rocking and rolling. Let's let's talk about some fun stuff. Yes, absolutely. So Tim, you wrote a book in a weekend. I want yeah. to know how in the world you did that. <laughs> it really started because I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan and we just got our tails kicked in the first round of the NCAA playoffs. And so I was just miserable because of that experience. So I didn't really care about watching other basketball. I was like, whatever. And so Saturday afternoon, it was, it was probably around six o'clock. The idea hit me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my whole coaching philosophy and I'm going to put it in a book. And there were some basketball games on that night. And I'm like, it's not my team. So I don't really care. Right. So I turned off the TV and came into my office and just started puking my book out on Microsoft Word, you know? And so I probably spent from eight o'clock to midnight concepting it out. And just, I'm just writing, you know, all that kind of stuff, fun stuff. And then the next day I went to church and after church, it was still on my mind. I was like, I got to get that done. I got to get that done. And so one of the things that I will do to force myself to get things done really quickly is I'll post on social media. I'm like, I'm doing this by this day. And right. now all of a sudden I got all these people like, let's see that happen. Right. right. And so I posted out there. I'm like, I'm going to publish a book, write it this weekend and publish it on Amazon. So now I've got that whole world at least three people that watch my social. <laughs> I got at least those three people are like, oh my God, is he really gonna pull this off? I'm like, I gotta get it done. And so I just cut off all everything I normally would have done, playing golf, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just gonna hammer this out. And so I was done Sunday night and I had somebody kind of look it over on Monday, got a cover design. We uploaded it on Tuesday. It usually takes 72 hours before it to come alive in uh, Amazon, but I guess we were just on the right day at the right time. It came alive in Amazon like within a few hours. And I'm like, okay, we're just gonna post this out on social. So we posted it out on social. And I had a, I have an email list of a couple hundred loan officers. So I sent that to them. I'm like, oh, by the way, we published this book, you know. And so I got up the next day on Wednesday and we were number one in new releases. Oh my gosh. On Amazon. Wow. That is incredible. I mean, the dedication. So let me ask you this. Does writing come natural to you? Hell no. There's probably misspellings in there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. It doesn't come natural. But I will say this. I took a Mark Victor Hansen book writing class years ago. And I can't tell you anything he said in that, in that class except for one thing. He said, write on a third grade level and write like you talk. Mm. So this particular book was easy for me because for seven years, I've been coaching people on these philosophies. So it was just like I was just pretending like I was talking to you or somebody else as I was typing it out. Yeah. So that's seven years of just like on the phone. Now I'm typing what I was saying. Right, right. just ingrained experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned it. Seven years of coaching. Let's get to it. Let's get the skinny on who Tim Davis is. Tell us kind of where you started from, um, what's led you here, what's kept the the fire in your belly, all the things. Okay. So this is a really good, funny story. Okay. So well, I'll say it's a good, funny story. I'm going to leave with this. My dad died when I was three. <laughs> That's not a funny or a good <laughs> part of me, right? So my mom, she had a sixth grade education and a real bad drug addiction. 
So she moved us from Dallas, Texas to Kentucky, and we lived in the housing projects. I can tell you, like, every day was like, I hated it. I hated it. I hated not having money. I hated not having food. I hated being around all the drug activity and all that kind of stuff. I just hated all that. At 17 years old, my buddies were all going to college, and I'm not really much of an academic, but it, I saw it as kind of a way out. I hitched a ride with them to Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, and I started college. Like I said, I am not an academic. Seven years later, I figured it wasn't for me. (laughs) So I I figured it's time to leave. But I I tried. I moved to Nashville. And so I'm looking for a job. And I got a job selling tennis shoes at Champ Sporting Goods. I'm very competitive. And so my manager told me, he said, look, you know, you can sell the tennis shoes to the back-to-school moms when they come in with their kids. But if the gang members come in, they'll buy 10 pairs. And then they'll get the jackets and the hats to match. And I'm right. like, well, then that's the customer I'm after. Absolutely. Right? One day I got an opportunity for a job. A guy called and he said, we got a job in finance. So I took it because it paid $24,000 a year. And I thought I was, I was rich at that point. Right. You know? I was making what, five bucks an hour selling tennis shoes as a commission. So I took this job in the finance. Well, it was a finance company. And for those of you guys that don't know what they are, they lend money like at 24% interest, like, like on your payday, on your check. So it's like a $500 loan. And then you take somebody's couch as collateral. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so then if they're not paying, you're like, I'm going to come get the couch. I'm going to take your couch. And so it's just crazy times. But anyway, I did really good at it. So I met my now wife. I met my, she was my girlfriend at the time. And she's now my wife. And I took her, I was taking her out to dinner. It was our first date. And I was like, I got to I gotta run by and see this one guy. She's like, what, what for? And I'm like, well, he owes me some money. And she's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I lend money and then I go collect it. And so I knock on this guy's door and he comes to the door and he does like this right here with his jacket and he has a gun on his thing. And I'm like, he's like, can I help you? And I was like, no, nah, just letting you know that we forgave your loan. You don't owe us any money ever again. <laughs> and so I, I got back in the car and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I did it for a couple more years. A buddy of mine called me one day. He said, hey, dude, I'm in the mortgage business. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I live in an efficiency apartment. I don't even own the furniture. I don't mean, what what are you talking about? And so he's like, no, you should come over here and sell loans. And and I'm like, who gets a mortgage? And so I went over there and they told me how much money they were making doing it. I was like, I'm in. Right. I I will do that. No questions asked. No questions. I don't. Yeah, right. I didn't even ask any questions. I was like, that's the paycheck? I'm in. Right. My first mentor said, look, all you have to do every day is find somebody that wants to get a mortgage. I said, that's it. He's like, that's it. I'm like, I don't have to do anything else but find this person that wants to get a mortgage. He's like, yeah. I was like, I'll do that. I will absolutely do that. That's how we started. And that led to, we got offered a, an ownership position in a, in a mortgage company when I was 24. They were basically bankrupt, but it sounded like a great idea. So basically, I got ownership in 0% of zero, right? But, right? but I was like, hey, I'm the owner of a mortgage company. Yeah. People are like, well, how'd you turn it around? Well, my first day on the job, I'm like, there's only one thing we need to do. It's like find somebody every day that needs to borrow money. And, and that was my selling strategy. Wow. And um, 18 months later, we turned that company around. I decided there was way too many chiefs in the kitchen and not enough Indians. So I was like, I just want to sell my shares and get out of that. So we, we sold off our shares there and we started our own, or I did by myself, started my own mortgage company and my wife was working at an insurance company she hated. And it's like, hey, come over here and work with me. And that the first year was awful. I thought one of us was going to die. So we really had to learn to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very interesting experience. So we did that. I don't know, won't take you through the rest of the story, but long story short, we were doing some marketing and, and agents were calling us for meetings. We had stopped the whole co-calling prospect, you know? And so that got found out by some industry people and blah, blah, blah. 
And they're like, hey, you need to come to the big business planning and tell everybody you got to speak about. And I was like, sounds great. Yeah, I'm not a professional speaker. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, but I, I got on a plane and I went out there. You know, I spilled water on myself on stage. It was quite awful. But I told them what I was doing. And then everybody's like, oh my gosh, you got to coach me. And I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. And that company's like, yeah, we're starting a coaching company. We want you to be one of the coaches. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know what I was doing. I just said, yes. Right. And we figured it out. And so that's kind of how we went from mortgage lending to coaching. It's kind of all interwoven. Wow. That's the story, Tana. That's a good story. I, I mean, coming from nothing and then turning yourself into this powerhouse is something that- Let's not go crazy. Let's- <laughs> well, I mean, where our owners came from at Atlantic Bay and then where they are now, our world's different. And so that $5 an hour job and selling shoes is truly- sales was in you at a very young age. And it's just continued to blossom and turn into leadership and coaching and coming at it from that platform. But we understand how much coaching is necessary and having that accountability partnership, having that instilled in mortgage bankers, agents, anybody in sales, truthfully, I mean, that kind of trickles over to anybody. But you know, what would you say if you had to define coaching and like the power of coaching? What does that mean to you? I think a lot of people have a wrong definition of coaching because I think they think a coach is going to give them a playbook and then they're going to execute the playbook and they're going to get the same results that all these other people have gotten. And that's just not how it works, right? Because everybody's different. They have different personalities, different gifts, and so on and so forth. So to me, coaching is really helping somebody, number one, gain a heightened sense of self-awareness. If you don't have, if you're not self-aware of gifts and talents and things of that nature, then you can end up in the in the forest totally lost. Mm-hmm. So I think great coaching helps somebody gain a sense of self-awareness and then ask really powerful questions about like, what is your aspirations in life? What are, what are your goals and dreams? And then now that you understand who you are, where's the bridge that we need to build to make that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And are you in the right lane, right? I mean, are you in the right lane? Like, I don't need to be an underwriter. Well, I, mortgage people wishes I, I was an underwriter because I'd be like, that's a pro, I ain't looking at it, just go ahead and get it. <laughs> But you need somebody more detailed than me to do that work. So I think self-awareness and really good questions and focused on the individual. I think a lot of a lot of leaders and coaches come at people from their perspective. So then they try to train, teach, coach, mentor the way they want to be trained, coached, and mentored, right? right? Then all of a sudden it creates a divide. They're like, people go, I didn't really like how they were teaching me or whatever. Well, it's because you're different personalities and they weren't focused on you. Right. They, they said they were focused on you, but what they were really focused on was like another feather in their cap if they could get you to a certain level. I think coaching is much deeper than that. It's like you got to really care about people and you got to meet them on their level, help them reach what they're trying to reach, not what you think they, they should be in life. So that's that's my definition. Of it. I love that. That's a great definition. I think it's true. I mean, it's not a one size fits all. You've got to prescribe them something that it's based off of their personality, what will work for them. You know what will work, but you can only lead a horse so many times, but it's not going to always be the same outcome. Uh, someone might buck you. You never know. You kind of touched on branding a little bit. So in 2022, and I've got a couple of questions about kind of like growing your business and the, the climate, but for those that are agents and mortgage bankers that are listening to this right now, what would you tell them is the biggest, most vital piece of their branding business this year? Exposure. Exposure. I have been through difficult markets in this industry, right? 
0809 was a, a market that's different than this, but there were challenges. I mean, lenders were going out of business and, and there, you know, there was a lot of challenges. So this market's got headwinds. It's got challenges that that's facing you, right? And so I actually talk about this in my book, Underneath the Six Keys of, of Business Growth, right? Exposure and expansion are two of the first keys that I talk about. And, I, and nobody has enough exposure. I promise you, I can call realtors in your city and ask them if they know who you are no matter your volume level, and, and there'll be some that are like, I never heard of that person. Who is right. So exposure, like how do you get more exposure? And, and I think markets like this, you have to stop focusing on the results and really start focusing on your activities. Because if you think that three lunches a week are going to get you X number of loans, and then that doesn't happen, you're going to get disappointed, discouraged, frustrated, so on and so forth. So I say, kick the results to the side. I mean, have them out there, know what your results that you want are. But you've got to focus on your exposure and your activities, and you've got to stay in what I call the income generating zone. And when you break all this stuff down, there are three things that make you money in this business. The amount of phone calls you attempt, the amount of conversations you actually have, and the amount of meetings that you do. I love social media. Y'all see me on there all the time, right? But I'm going to tell you what, the, the money that I make from social media is minuscule compared to the money I make from picking up the phone and talking to people right. or going and doing a presentation. And a lot of people avoid that, but those are ways to get more exposure, right? So how many more presentations can I do? Can I go from one presentation a month to maybe one a week? So I've got to get more exposure in this marketplace and put my results to the side so I don't get disappointed, right? And just go 10 times my activities. Yeah. I think people get, they get a little bit overwhelmed when it comes to the exposure side of things. And I would, like you said, it exposure from cold calling. I would never phone call. I'm, I'm too scared to cold call. But it's so important that, and I don't even know if you've quantified it to like how many calls you should be making a day to be truly successful. I do. I've got you the number for it. Tell you, it. You ready? Yeah. As many as it freaking takes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it's, what? how would you coach someone out of the cold call scare? That's a good question, right? Because I think everybody inherently has some of that. But I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the exposure, right? So what about this? What about instead of making these cold calls, because people are always like, what do I, what do I have to say? You know, what am I going to tell them? Right. Well, if you don't have anything to tell them, you haven't developed your personal brand. Maybe, maybe we need to start there. Like, why would somebody want to talk to you? If, if you're known and you make the call, people will be like, wow, can't believe you called. If you're not known and you make the call, they're like, who the hell are you? Right. So maybe we need to focus on like, why would somebody take your call right? and get your belief system up that maybe they should be taking your call, right? I mean, that's a big key to it. Huge. But what about if we built a brand around that and we started with events? I'm a big events guy. So I'll say this all the time. People would rather be entertained than educated. So no, nobody ever called their friend up and said, hey, Taylor, I got tickets to a three-hour lecture this afternoon. You want to go listen? <laughs> right. Now, if, if your friend called you that, you'd be on Facebook befriending them and blocking them. Like this exactly. Yeah. Right. But if they called you up and said, Hey, Taylor, there's an awesome event down at Top Golf that this guy's throwing. Hey, they said I could bring a guest. Come on, we're going to have fun. And the food's on them. Right. You're going to be like, and Are you serious? I'm in. I'm coming. Let's go. I'm coming. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you start off with events that are fun and you get a bunch of people there. And then you're the host and you start. Shaking hands and kissing babies, right? Exactly. And then you call them afterwards. I'll give you a great example. I did this for Atlantic Bay just recently. And they called and said, hey, can you fly to Virginia Beach and talk to these real estate agents? I said, well, sure. 
they said, this is what they want to talk about. Well, I had never had a presentation on what they wanted to talk about, right? So my mind wanted to tell me, you've never done a presentation like that. Maybe you should avoid it. But then the competitive side is like, hell no, you're going to figure it out. Right. So I wrote this presentation and we went up there and did it. It wasn't about the presentation. It was more about meeting people. And that was my focus. So I started meeting people and stuff. And there's a short amount of time. We're shaking hands and we're talking about it. And I'm interested in them. Tell me about you. Why do you live here? How'd you get in the business? It's nothing about me at all. And so people are giving me their cards. We should follow up. We should follow up. So now I got these cards and I start following up with people. Well, I just got off of an hour-long conversation with a broker owner, right? And I was like, hey, I promised to follow up from the party of the thing the other night. He's like, I never thought you would do that. Nobody ever does that. I'm like, well, I told you I'd follow up with you. You gave me your card. Right. I'm calling you. And an hour later, we've got a great conversation and found out ways that I can serve him and help him and stuff like that. So I understand the fear of cold calling, but if you have something to offer, you know, maybe... Maybe just maybe there's a reason to call. And I got some tricks up my sleeve on how to do that. We may not have time for that today, but I've definitely got some tricks up my sleeve. Like I, I wrote a book years ago for real estate agents to do cold calling. And it was, you know, 42 ways you're sabotaging your career and don't even know it. Too long of a title, but whatever. So I would call, call real estate agents, go, hey, I just wrote this brand new book. I'd love to send you a free copy of it. And they're like, well, sure. Yeah, sounds great. Now I've got my foot in the door and I can start working on the relationship. So that's why I say it goes back to your brand. I mean. If I'm going to call somebody, I better have a daggum reason. What do they say? If, if you're going to sell something, you got to believe in it, right? So if you're going to mm-hmm. sell yourself, if mortgage bankers are thinking, well, I'm only talking about products. Well, you shouldn't. You, I mean, you're trying to create customers for life. And if you're doing that with the goal in mind, you got to sell yourself. And what's something that they need that you have? And you just, yep. that it's just, a, I love that. It's just such a different way of looking let me at give you, it. Let me give you a great tip. We gave this out on a mastermind we just did recently. This is a freebie for you. Okay. So... Think about what you just said. This is what goes through my mind. What is really on the mind of a real estate agent right now? Well, it's rates, it's inventory, but really what it is, is the future. So this is just some psychology when it comes to marketing. Everybody's worried or concerned about the future, even if it's just the weather. What's it going to be like this weekend? Can I go outside and play or am I going to sit inside because it's raining, right? So what do we do when we want to know what the weather is going to be? We turn on the news and what do we watch? The weather what? Forecast. Yeah, the forecast. Right? Yeah. The weather forecast, right? Yeah. So this is just psychology of human behavior, right? We always want to know the forecast. Mm-hmm. It's why those crazy people, you can call them for 99 cents a minute and they'll tell you your future, right? right? So I told a group of loan officers, I'm like, look, go get Barry Habib's information, right? You watch it, you learn from it, and then put yourself together a two-page report with your opinion on it. You can use some of the graphs and things like that, some data to back it up, and your opinion. And then slap your brand on the front of it. Taylor's 90-day Virginia Beach real estate forecast, okay? Now you got this super little giveaway that everybody wants and you come on with a video and some social posts and you start making some phone calls. You're like, hey, we just wrote the 90-day real estate forecast of what to expect with rates and inventory and everything like that. Thought it'd be really valuable. Would you like a copy of it? Now you're offering something valuable that they're going to go, oh my gosh, you've got some insights on the next 90 days. Right. We offer that up. We have one uh, loan officer that uh, locked 14 loans as a result of that strategy. Wow. Gosh. If you hear nothing else from this episode, take that with you because that is pure genius that I assure you, most people aren't doing. And why aren't they doing that? Because they're too busy sitting in the fear of the future that they're mm-hmm. not getting nitty gritty with what they're doing and can do in the present. So mm-hmm. that is just such a good way. And it's, yes, it's tangible because it you can do it in video, repurpose that. 
base it up into multiple videos. And while you're handing it out, not only are you collecting their phone number and their email and their address, now you can send them things. Gosh, I loved that. That was amazing. And I- I That was free. But my Venmo, let me give you my Venmo. In case you want to send me money, I'm I know. Wow. Okay. That was great. Well, I guess let me let me round it out with what is a success story? You've already shared so many, but what is one success story that might surprise people? I, are you looking for something like a loan officer success story or? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I really liked that 90 day one. The stra- That strategy got 14 loans. I'm sure you've got another one that, that has worked, that has got even more loans. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I can't go into all the details because we don't have the time or whatever, but here's, here's another one. This is, this is a golden. Okay. You thought the 90 day thing was good. You're going to, you may fall out. I might fall over. All right. So let me ask you a question, Taylor. What do real estate agents love more than anything in the world? There are two things that they love more than anything in the world. Do you know what they are? Money. Commission checks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Free lunch. No. Money and acrylic awards. Mm. How many times have you been on social and seen them at their banquets going, ah, I'm the realtor of the year. I'm this. I'm that, 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 Or right? by the billboard outside of their office saying that they're number one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Acrylic awards. Okay. So I gave this on a coaching call one time. I had, had a loan officer that was stuck at $60 million a year and couldn't get past that level. And I said, you don't have enough high producing agents sending you referrals, right? We need more exposure. We talked about earlier. I said, so what are we going to do to get that? And I said, what we're going to do is we're going to host our own realtor award show. And she said, no, 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 no. They already do that at the association. And I'm like, well, when's the last time the association called you up and paid your mortgage? And she's like, well, never. I'm like, I don't care what they're doing at the association. We're going to do our own version of it. So we created our own leadership award banquet invited the top 100 agents in town to come to it. It was black tie, red carpet. Everybody got this award. We had speakers and video because everybody wants to come to a party. Nobody wants to come to a lecture, right? right? Right. And they love a party when they're being celebrated. Okay. So here's the success story. The first year that she launched that, okay, she was at $60 million. She made off of that one event, personal income, an extra $225,000 in gross commissions and went from 60 million to 85 million in that one year. Now she's close to $200 million. And her event is so big, the local association doesn't even do their event anymore. Everybody <laughs> show up as a guest to hers. <laughs> That's right. In fact, here's the crazy thing. Real estate companies write her checks to be the sponsor of the event. Oh my gracious. That is wild. That's a pretty, you want, if you want a story, that's a good story. That's a great story. I keep getting to this place of like, it's got to be unique. You have to be unique. You have to stand out. And now yeah. is the time to do it because right now we've got a little time to do it, you know, as best we possibly can. Let's make the best use of our time and coming up with off the wall ideas like that. No one's done it before, which you and I know and love. But the fact is, it's like, how do you stand out? How do you look like people want to come to you because you are the keeper instead of it being like knocking on a bunch of agent stores? Now they got to be a part of it. They have to have the skin in the game. So I, yeah. I, I love thinking outside of the box like that. There's more to come, people, because I okay. can't wait to extract more. <laughs> Look, say this out loud after me. Ready, Tyler? Say same. Same. Is. Is. Lame. Lame. <laughs> it's so same is lame. Uh, well, right? thank you so Nobody much. Nobody talks for... about the same stuff, right? I know. Talk about something different, right? Got to. You've got to. 
Same is lame, people. Same is lame, baby. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Lending Forward, Tim. We are so excited to have you on board. Can't wait for more of this. And again, thank you for the nuggets. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in Lending Forward. So go lend something forward today.